Welcome to Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf. Today, I have a question for you as an entrepreneur. Are you the kind of entrepreneur that wants to have control of your business, control of your growth, control of the security of your company in these turbulent economic times? Oh, we've been having record inflation, recession on the horizon. Do you want to have control of your destiny through that? Well, I'll tell you what, today, make sure you got a pen and a pencil ready, something to write with and take notes, because we're going to be talking about uh, the advisory book, Playboard, really advisory boards. This is one of the key secrets that like the top, you know, top five, 1% of businesses, entrepreneurs use in order to scale up their businesses. If you do not have an advisory board, you need to listen to this session. You need to be asking questions that we're going to be talking to the author of the advisory book, the advisory. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm getting tongue tied. We're going to be talking to the author of the advisory board playbook, a colleague of mine. I've known Nancy for geez, a good decade now. And let me tell you what, you need to be asking questions. Even if you have an advisory board, you need to be asking questions and be a part of this conversation because you will be able to, to get more from your advisory board activities and really have control of your business in these crazy times. Nancy, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jeff. And and I skipped. I got so excited. I skipped right right past your intro and your bio. I mean, you have you have done so much. I'm just just looking at this and thinking some of the experiences we've had together, working together, but also you know the, the involvement that you've had as a profit strategist and innovative an innovation coach. The the work you've done as an advisor on advisory boards, helping build advisory boards for businesses and just the the massive success that that leads to for people. And I'm, I'm looking forward to just yeah. looking forward to this. <laughs> and we both love to ride motorcycles. <laughs> and we both love to ride motorcycles. Speaking yeah, of motorcycles, let's move right to that. Seg I want to not only ride motorcycles, but you are a total control certified motorcycle trainer. Correct. And that's one of the best, like the elite race training school to be involved with. How, it, how did that come about? So uh, I have had a very, very career. Um, and I was in the music and film and television industry and had some mm -hmm. successes there. Got into the event industry. One of the events that I ran was the Ride for Sight, which is a motorcycle charity event, the longest running one, and proudly took them from about uh, 600000 to $1.3 in three years. Holy um, Just by you know, making better communications and really empowering the teams because I was uh, managing 14 teams of volunteers, which is very different than managing teams of people that you are paying. 14 and, teams of volunteers. That must, yes, because you don't have the power of the paycheck. With, exactly. With teams like that, with exactly. But through that, um, I ended up uh, uh, co-founding a high-tech motorcycle boot and sports sock company and spent um, called Tech Socks. Uh, they were well above their time. And one of my biggest distributors was Lee Park, who wrote Total Control. And it's advanced writing techniques. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, uh, this, that line of motorcycle gear, the socks, are famous yeah in the motorcycle community 
they are. And especially for long distance riders, people, they mm -hmm. reduce fatigue, they wick super fast, they pack, wear a pair, pack a pair. I could go on and on. But uh, so that was a, a really special relationship that I made with Lee Parks. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I finally took the course, it blew me away. I mean, I'd always loved riding, but um, I'm also a bit of a personality assessment uh, geek. And one of the things I am is an idea champion. And when I find an idea that I believe in, there's just nothing stopping me. And I had the good fortune, we uh, with Lee just had landed a huge contract with the US Marines. So I got to spend a lot of time down in your, your part of the world. Uh, every two weeks I would go in for- Because well, you, you were living in Canada at that time. I was living in Canada at that, that time. And I got to teach uh, level one, level two advanced um, riding clinics to the Marines. It was like just so fun. Wow. Uh, and then we also awesome. had a, an advanced motorcycle training school in Canada. But it's really funny with the Marines, you kind of like have to go slow down. Or <laughs> 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 with the civilians kind of go speed up. But it's really amazing how we took all the techniques from the racing community and then um, taught it for advanced street riding well, skills. And, and the thing is, you were already an accomplished rider. Mm. Well, like I say, I'm I'm also a lifelong learner, and I learn something new. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. I mean, we can we can talk about even that just forever. Uh, but uh, yeah, the techniques and learning certain step by steps can be a true game changer, not just for how you ride, how you ski, but especially how you run your business. Exactly, you read my mind. I was just thinking that because what what a great example of how regardless of your level of mastery, there's always more. Always. You can always, there's always another level. And then you have and to practice. Being surrounded practice, with the right practice. people that can bring that to, you know, that can guide mm -hmm. you on that makes mm -hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. And it's, you know, and the interesting part that is also about, you know, uh, building your observation skills, right? Because mm -hmm. very often if you look at, at, at a world-class gymnast and you want, see their coaches, there's no way these overweight, heavy-duty elder gentlemen could do what these young girls are doing on, on the beams and stuff like that. But it's that ability to um, see, observe where there might be a gap and, and then also to be able to give solutions and, uh, and in, in a very structured way. And we have Raven Blair Glover with us. Raven is the founder of Raven International TV Network, which is on Roku, Amazon TV, now on iHeartRadio as well. And Raven, thank you so much for being with us. Honored to have a, a you know, be able to see thank another you, version Raven. of this streaming. <laughs> but. You know, it, it, again, coming back to, to what you're saying, what an amazing transition from music industry, music industry to events to manufacturing and product development in the motorcycle community. Something that, that because as a writer, I imagine was close to your heart, then to writer training, and that seems to did that put you on the path that you're on and like continue to be an entrepreneur and eventually uh, begin. Well, I've, all, I've always been an entrepreneur, and okay. then. Um, and then, but after that exit, I was a little bit lost at that time and went back to school and got my master's certificate in project management. And that's what took me uh, into the world of software development. I'm a scrum oh, master okay. and an agile coach. And, you know, I look back on everything that I had done and whether it was managing artists or managing an event or 
it was always very project oriented. There was a beginning, there was an end, and it was something that you know I knew I could really help in the execution. And I learned so much, um, you know, through becoming the best agile coach I could possibly be, which it, which included some of these phenomenal facilitation tactics. Um, one of them being innovation games, which mm-hmm. is uh, actually how I got on the whole advisory board journey. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> now, now, when you say innovation games, uh, t- tell us more about that. Tell me more about that. So, innovation games is an amazing early stage marketing research uh, process. Like everything's really whether you're strategic planning, uh, executing, whatever. It, it, there, there is a process. So, innovation games I got into because I was de- uh, running software development teams, and it's a really great way to actually talk to your customers and get feedback through games. Because very often, you know, if someone's in a focus group, they know that someone's sitting behind that mirror. So, innovation games is kind of another one of those secret. Uh, weapons where you use it very early in the startup world or in the product development world. It's like get outside the building and talk to people Mm -hmm. and interview them. And I find most founders really aren't very good at asking the right questions, asking good questions, or you can do a full build out of your MVP and then you, you know, have people track it and do a very expensive uh, focus groups, like $150 per person and a facilitator and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, what I love about innovation games is even even with napkin drawings of you know your 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 frames or whatever, you mm-hmm. can still get amazing feedback. So I usually do. Well, and, and the and the leverage, yes, has always astounded me. A company that uh, the last big industrial company I worked with had done an, an industrial engineering study and found that the the leverage was over a thousand to one by mm. being able to spend a dollar on making th- you know making it a better product better connection to the customer at that level as opposed to when you're already starting to build. Yeah. Everybody says they're so customer centric, but this idea of a customer Mm -hmm. advisory board, and this is actually where it all started, but I I generally will do uh, three different types of game. One is um, a discovery game and literally in an hour we can uncover the number one thing. If you fix, we'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. The next series of games are shaping games. Wait, and the wait, ones- wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Under an hour? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Talk about return on investment. Because that it, traditional approaches or, you know, the quote, let me put that in scare quotes. What we're taught in B school, the examples that we see uh, of what businesses are supposed to do. And you're talking months. Mm-hmm. To maybe get that kind of feedback. And, and what's so of fun of it is it's really, really um, unbiased and raw. So mm. the one game that I particularly like to use for the discovery is something called speedboat. So you put a big giant boat on the board and it's going 50 miles an hour. And then as a facilitator, I will run the meeting, but all the key people like the engineer and the marketing people will be... Um, observers and I train them on how to be observers and they have to sit there and say nothing because we do become overly sophisticated consumers. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me, there, I want, there's something that I want to make sure I heard correctly. You train them how to observe, mm-hmm. how to be observers. So, be observers. so just being an effective observer, it sounds like it has its own skill set that, that may be lacking in a lot of us. 
Yeah, well, I mean, part of it is, uh, you know, you can you can record it, but if I'm facilitating, I can't pick up all those little nuances. And mm, so the, the okay. people who are actually building the product, that for them to pick up those nuances is even more effective. And then so we go, oh, what do you love about the product? And everybody got their little stickies, and the, we kind of put it closer to the boat, the better. And, um, and then next, it's like, okay, well, what are those things? There's these anchors under the water that we can't see that are slowing the boat down. What are some of the mm. things that frustrate you? And there's three levels. Like, oh, this is kind of uncomfortable. This really bugs me. And if you don't fix this, it's a, it's like, you know, I'm out of here. And the other fun thing is that almost everybody on the custom, uh, on your customer advisory board does it for next to nothing. But that's another story. Anyways, then you wow. uh, look look at all these different things that come up. Get the group. Wait, wait a minute. Let's let's come back. Let's come back to, to the advisory board because this is the the customer advisory board, mm -hmm. which is I've always thought of advisory boards as being more more strategic. strategic. You but know, then you looking, also have not-for-profit advisory boards. So that's part okay. of what I do in the book is is kind of un pack and give clarity to the confusion there is around advisory boards because i know this weekend you were at a a billionaire mastermind and i believe that mm -hmm. masterminds i call them peer advisory boards i'm a little more old school i like the um you know napoleon hill approach where six to eight people get together on a consistent basis uh you know you have a different format so each one of those types of advisory boards you actually have different formats for how you run those meetings okay. and that's where you see you know the hot seats and the feedback and the accountability and the camaraderie right, right. uh with your peers so that's what I call a pure well, advisor. Interesting you should mention, mention Napoleon Hill because that billionaire mastermind was actually for the Napoleon Hill Foundation. It was a fundraiser organized organized for them. I am fantastic. And, um, yeah. and Mr. Green, who runs the Napoleon Hill Foundation, was there and was very much a, a big picture of that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, so there's a That's very different. Things. The mastermind environment is is very different from, from the intent in how to work with an advisory board. Right. A, a, peer a, a peer advisory board or a mastermind is everybody collaborating okay. as peers to help each other out. Whereas oh, wait. Now, now, that's a distinction I had never thought of. Mm. A mastermind is really a peer advisory board. Right. Oh, okay. I, okay. I yeah. like that. Versus a strategic advisory board where you're really like surrounding yourself with the most successful people that you know, and they are all focus their energy on helping you solve your biggest business problems, which is like very different from the customer advisory board where you're getting your super users and people who actually love and use your product to help you um, help become better because this is will impact their lives because if you can create a better so yeah the next one is kind of like a, a, so as i said then you cluster it and then you say if we go fix this problem how mm -hmm. much faster the boat will go and that's how yes. in a very short period of time in about an hour you can uncover the number one problem that if you solved would give you the biggest bang for your buck as well as uncovering some other problems that you can work on down the road the next game I generally do is a shaping game, and that's where you allow the customer to help you prioritize as well as um, give you some ideas. Because I was saying, I think people become overly sophisticated consumers of their own product, and they think some things might be intuitive. 
So the game that I use is called Prune the Product Tree. And basically, you put all the features that you've built, all the features that you're thinking of building, and then you allow the customer to help you prioritize. What are the roots? What are the must-haves? And then what are the low-hanging fruits and nice to have? What I love most about that game is... Uh, especially or that is that it allows a customer to give you ideas so there's a lot of blank stickies and sometimes it can oh, be the most yeah. you know simplest thing and like mm -hmm. it's so much fun to watch the engineers just going what it's so intuitive how can you not see that but they don't understand that that's how their customer feels. You know, right, well, far right. too often people, oh, I built a hassle map, I've done this, I've done that, and they think they know how their customers think, but they're not really having the conversation with them. Well, not, nothing ever replaces the, nothing ever has more value really at that point than real customer feedback on what yeah. is what is high priority to them. And what like they, I said, when they, they start, I love that analogy of using yeah. a tree. Yeah, and when they start playing, something's going to trigger something, going to trigger something, oh. bam, 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 bam. And yeah. all the stuff starts coming up that you wouldn't have in any other way. And then my favorite game is a, a, a priority game called uh, Buy a Feature. So basically what you do is you take the next six or seven features. This is for tech, but you can do it with any kind of product development. And uh, kind of t-shirt size, how expensive it is going to be to develop this new feature. Then you give it a number. A small might be $5, an extra large might be $25. And then you add everything up and then you give your customers money, but not enough money to buy everything. You give them about 45% of the total budget and they will tell you so quickly what's going to drive the highest value by what they buy. Now, the really fun thing behind this is they get that dopamine release when they actually buy something uh -huh. so that when you put that product back into the market or into the product, they want to replicate that feeling. So it actually increases our propensity to buy. So those nice. are, so that's kind of because, you know, being an innovation games facilitator and speaking on sales engagement at Adobe was when I first started hearing about customer oh, wow. advisory boards. And okay. I decided at that time to pivot, um, um, to become the, the mid-sized tech company customer advisory board. Now, the crazy thing at the moment I said advisory board, all these great things happen. And there's a company in Canada called the Business Development Bank of Canada. And it's okay. an investment bank for entrepreneurs as well as a consulting group. And uh, they were the they put out this report, five things to do. Number one, innovate. Number two, develop a formalized advisory board. And I'm going, wow, that's great. But they're now talking about a strategic advisory board. And then a couple of weeks later, I was at another workshop and it was all about selling and you had to create something to sell. And so they said, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I work with mid-sized tech companies. And they said, well, you can't sell that to us. We're like more entrepreneurs. And I said, okay, so let me let me use my own Kool-Aid. So I can either show you two new canvases that are fundamentally changing the world because I love visual thinking, canvases, mapping, stickies, all that kind of yes. stuff. I said, two, I could, you know, string together two or three marketing research exercises or games that again will fundamentally change how you develop your product or I can talk to you about advisory boards because the leader of that seminar was talking about getting on a not-for-profit advisory board as an offline marketing strategy. So everybody's hand went up and uh, I pre-sold hundreds of copies <laughs> and I had to make the book. <laughs> nice. 
I'll find out what the market wants and provide it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been really fun. It's been quite the journey. But one of the most interesting statistics, and I know you kind of um, you know, talked about this a little bit, but the Business Development Bank of Canada, this was the second or third time they had done the study, both in the U.S. and in Canada. And they said that less than 6% of the small to medium-sized uh, enterprises, SMEs, and for them, that's about 5 million to 100 million, uh, have a formalized advisory board. And the ones that did were actually seeing triple the amount of sales, double the amount of productivity, huge impact on profitability. And then the other area, well, besides pharma and and some of the bigger things that use advisory boards, was the startup world. And I mean, we've all seen pitches and they all have the slide deck with the, you know, the advisors and the advisory board. And, um, you know, at that point of time, it was like, uh, so it can also actually forex your valuation based on association the but, advisory board having an advisory board can forex the valuation holy cow yeah and i want to i want to back up just a step i want to make sure i heard something <laughs> correctly that, that that you that you just said uh less than six percent of the companies have advisory boards yet those that do have three times the revenue and two times the productivity and two times the productivity. Right. As, as you're watching this, are you and making And this is notes? strategic advisory boards, yeah. So this is yeah. for strategic, still, the yeah. power of that is just, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable and, and so few. So as and you're watching this as an entrepreneur, you want to you want to grow your business, even if there's a recession. If there's not, this isn't a prediction. I'm just telling you what's best practice here. If, you, if there's a recession coming, like many Goldman Sachs level smart money people are saying, do you want to be one of the businesses that, you know, one of the business owners, one of the entrepreneurs that has control, has the best shot of being one of the top companies on the other side of the recession? Think about that. Do you have an advisory board? Holy cow, less than 6%. Now, and, and, and the other thing to your point is like, especially as we go into these uncertain times, and, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully we'll touch on the five steps of, the, of building a highly effective advisory board, but it's being very intentional. So, when okay. you think about the fact that you are bringing in six to eight incredibly successful people and, you know, the, the most successful people that you know, and that's my approach to advisory boards as you go in within your, 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 your network. Um, but yeah, they've been through it before. I mean, that's, that's right. invaluable. Like, I mean, most of these people that you're going to invite in, and if you're being very intentional, I would make sure that you have some people who are a little more seasoned and have actually been through this maybe well, once, maybe twice. One, one of the challenges in the United States, and as you're watching this, Nancy now lives in Utah. So she's she's been international. She's succeeded with this in Canada and now in the United States. Um, but one of the challenges in the United States with, with record inflation the majority of the workforce, along with over half of the entrepreneurs, have are, are young enough. They've never experienced this before mm-hmm. because we're seeing things. We haven't experienced this for 40 plus years. So, again, as you're watching, you know, as you're as you're part of this conversation as an entrepreneur, who do you have that's advising you that has been through this before? And, and also to your point, this is where, you know, in the startup world and in, in other worlds, when you see the, uh, the, that advisory board slide, very few of them have actually put 
them all together in a room, properly prepared with very specific challenge statements so that when you have those people together, that's where the magic happens. That's where the the, the exchange of ideas happens. And that's, you know, like I've seen so many innovative solutions that never would have happened because a lot of people say, oh, they're they're on my advisory board and they're my advisor, but they'll speak to them one-on-one and spend one to three hours with one person, one to three hours with another person, Mm -hmm. one to three hours, and, and, and so on and so on. Well, what about if you spent all that time with all of them together in a room? And, um, you know, and that's why I call it a win-win-win because the entrepreneur wins because they get to compress timelines because of the knowledge that is brought to the table. They get to eliminate costly mistakes, but more importantly, they get to expand their circle of influence. And well, if you have one of... But it seems, it's, I'm, it seems like having them in the room together, the entire advisory board in one room also leverages the mastermind effect of the advisors so they can play mm-hmm. off of each other. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. They play off of, the, of each other and someone says, well, I did this or I did that. The second win is the advisor get to give back and they love to give back, but they want to do it in a yeah. more controlled way. And then finally the advisors also win because they get to sit around the table with some of their peers and see how they think. And that's where, you know, some of the most Ooh, amazing connections yeah. are. Like right now, mm-hmm. I do a lot of mentoring with venturecapital.org and there's some angel groups okay. and, and uh, you know, I kind of p- iterated and pivoted a little bit towards the startup world because I found there that, you know, the advisory board concept was much more prevalent, but it was also very broken because people weren't bringing them really? all together. They I think that would be one environment the- where they would where they would really have that as, a, as basically standard operating practice. Yeah, well, I mean that they they get put those names up there, and mm-hmm. often they give equity, and they nobody really has to work for it. So, um, in in the book, the wow. advisory board playbook, kind of get into the early thing and what it is and what it isn't, the difference between a board of directors. But then the real meat and potatoes is like this five step process. And number one, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of your advisory board? Do you need funding? Do you need advice or do you need access? Now, usually it's all three of those, but I'd like to prioritize the one that's going to, you know, have the biggest impact. Then the next step is the players. Now, one of the broken parts and, you know, I talk to people, VCs and angel investors all the time, and they kind of look at that advisory board slide and say, is that advisor truly adding value? And so by... Being a very, question. very strategic up front about who do you want on, on your board? Because sometimes it's access. It's just having someone that's got the mm-hmm. right connection. That one connection can make all the difference. So then with the players, I have a kind of a, I like to build a board of a, a war room. And based on a bit of a SWAT and based on the, how you've prioritized the purpose of your advisory board, I really like to then create categories of advice access or funding and then we brainstorm even if you have a board of directors you bring in the most senior people everybody within your your circle of influence that 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 meets the criteria for that category of advice access or funding and then we prioritize them based on experience expertise and contacts now if you have one linchpin like one super heavy 
player that is already helping you out and you know mm -hmm. that they will come to the meeting, you invite them first and then you can use that person uh, with the rest of your invitations. There's a very specific ah. way to invite them. It's a little bit of a pitch deck, but why them? So you've done your research, you know you need this category and that's why you're reaching out to them. Why you? A little bit of, you know, just to get them excited and kind of set the expectations so you know is it going to be one in-person meeting a year with one virtual meeting and three phone calls right like i mean just set those expectations now if well, you and, and it starts it, it as soon as you said it starts with why i immediately thought of simon sinek and his famous ted talk Mm -hmm. about how is like less than 5% or less than 1% of, of leaders are the, the thing about the, the most effective leaders always start with that. With why, Yet yeah. most of the time, like I'm a recovering engineer. So <laughs> too often uh, I'll start with the analysis because that makes my palm sweat. Yeah. And I like also love really Daniel. Yeah. Daniel Pink, his book drive on what motivates people. Number one is purpose. So, you know, it's really important yeah. to get the purpose. Then we get into the players, very strategic. If you are going to give equity, I highly recommend that it's a, uh, it's kind of like an option because you don't want to saddle them with, um, you know, any tax burdens, but yep. more so yep. make sure it's vested over like a two to three year period and tied to very specific milestones that might actually come up or be developed as they're advising you and you're putting yeah. some of those uh, well, milestones. It's, it's astounding that, that an entrepreneur would consider giving up equity without having very clear return on investment goals requirements right. for doing that why on you know that's well i mean yes, very often they have the oh greatest gosh. intentions and they do give them equity up front and then that person you know so that you know sometimes the other thing is there's certain people you see on way too many slide decks it's just like there's certain uh, people right. that you that 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 write the uh, forward or whatever for books, you know, and are they really vested? Mm, you know, anyways, the next most important part is, and, and, and the VCs will know that I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. They see it, you know, they're the ones that are seeing all the different names and like going, yeah, that's the 500th time that name showed up. There's no way this yeah. person's going to be able to, to and is adding value. And, yeah. um, anyways, mm. and then, so the next step and the step number three is preparation. So how do you prepare them? And make sure that, you know, your pitch deck, your financials, your data room, whatever level you might be at, if you're a small to medium-sized business, it's going to be slightly different than, a, you know, a funded startup that's going for their next uh, round of funding. And um, But here's another one of my secret sauces is ha con you know, compiling your, your challenge statements. Because if they compiling your challenge statements, right? So instead of just sending them everything and inviting them to the meeting, mm -hmm. uh, as you're going through a bit of the SWAT and looking at your strategy, okay. And then when the, you when when you say SWAT, I want to make sure I'm tracking with uh, strengths, strengths, weaknesses, weaknesses opportunities, opportunities, and threads. And, yeah. So okay. because you should have some insight into where you need help before you go out and ask for help. So that's when you're building mm. your war room. It's based on where you need help. And where the gaps are, um, you know, because if you there, you might not. There might be things that you don't need help with, um, and um, yeah. So that preparation and make sure they have the challenge statement. So when they walk into the room, you are listening eighty percent and only talking twenty percent. Because another big mistake that people see a lot is like PowerPoint, PowerPoint, PowerPoint. You like you have like 
you know, millions of dollars worth of advice in the room and you're, you're, yep. you're not listening, you're talking. Instead so, of doing, yeah, doing death by PowerPoint where it's like slide number 453. <laughs> and then that comes into the next P, which is the planning. And that's super important. That's mm. how you reverse engineer the actual meeting. So then you can walk away with, with actionable results. And I mean, the interesting thing is, like I say, a lot of people, you know, here, here's a big, 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 big one. Never facilitate your own advisory board meeting. Really? You need That's to be surprising. sitting at that table a thousand and one percent and growth in the moment and working yeah. with those people as your peer. You can't be sitting there writing stickies, putting them on the walls and whatever. Plus, you probably don't know how to design the meeting the way that you want. So in the book and the third part, I actually get into meeting facilitation and and what's you know what is facilitation how do you preparation the visual thinking the design thinking and uh, gamification mm -hmm. which are kind of the things that i'm well known for so yeah that's yes. super important and then well, the and, last and i liked how i liked how the book was organized right right up front and you know mel bones is like look here's how it's structured Here's the different sections. So depending on, on if you're new, go in this order. If you've got some experience, you're looking for these things. Here's how to how to get the most out of the book, the different types of the boards, where to find that based on on what they need. So you. you provide a good guide mm. to being able to get the most from the book as well. Right. Yeah. And that's really that reverse engineering. The meeting itself depends mm -hmm. on the challenge statements, mm -hmm. which depends on you know, the people that you've picked, which depends on your purpose. <laughs> so it's, yep. and, and then the final P is really performance. Like once Ooh, they've given you, important. you know, the ideas, how do you let them know that you're listening to them? You're, you know, integrating their ideas into your strategy and, uh, you know, reaching out, doing that stuff. Uh, I mean, if you're in a funding stage, it's important to have maybe monthly communications with potential investors and, you know, your data room and all that stuff. But I think your advisors, it's um, really important to have a more intimate touch point. The other thing is that if you've already or had, you know, a round of funding and you've got a key investor, I would have them as your advisory board because they're also then going to be when, when the founder or the business owner brings in six or seven other people from a variety of backgrounds into that meeting, you've just helped them expand their potential investors ecosystem as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's great thinking. And then, like I said, the third part of the book is how to run great meetings, mm -hmm. make sure that mm -hmm. they're interactive, they're fun, they're experiential. And, you know, as Jeff said, that we go way back and uh, I love what you do at uh, Adventure CEO. It's very experiential. I mean, I think mm -hmm. people, when they learn by doing, they, it's something that they never forget. Yes. And then, yeah. And then the yes, fourth part you. of the book is how you take who the advisors are, the five-step process, how to facilitate, and it puts it all together. Okay, if you're having a strategic advisory board, here's the purpose, here are the players, here's the how you prepare them, here's how you plan, and I give examples of, of how I might facilitate that type of a meeting, and then you know, here's the performance and here's who's going to use it and here's how, how they're going to use it if, if, you, if you're really smart. And then I go through the, the strategic, the customer, 
the not-for-profit, and then the peer. I, I have, I'm watching the time. We, we've just got a few minutes left. And I have two questions that mm -hmm. I want to make sure we have a chance to discuss. And, and the first is really kind of stepping back and looking at the, you know, the, the path that you've followed from music industry to, to where you are today. And it's just, I wanted to ask how, how has the way you've thought about your role shifted and evolved? As, um, as you've I think definitely um, from being uh, a bit of a bulldozer, <laughs> oh, okay, kind of know it all. I'll figure it out. I've, you know, I'm, I have an MBA, blah blah blah. To more of a servant leader and ask and learning, really always to ask, 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 ask for advice, ask for help. Um, you know, ask really good questions. I mean, that's, uh, you know, so it's like, so I think that's the biggest shift is if I, is just, you know, have that vulnerability. I don't know it all. You know, ask, go out and ask people that you admire, that you think that know you well, and you'll be amazed at, um, even if they say no to your advisory board, they might, mm -hmm. um, come up and help you in ways that you never knew. There's so a funny no, thing. No can often mean not that way. Yeah. And then not you just keep role. asking questions. Uh, well, why not? What could I do? What other ideas do you have? You know, it's just being staying curious is, is super, super important. I mean, I was mm. always curious, but I felt earlier on that I was young and ambitious and I had to prove myself. And I think the biggest shift for me was when I just said, you know, if you're not there, don't pretend you're there um, because yeah. people are going to see through it. Just be as outrageously yourself. And if you can add that vulnerability and say, hey, I don't know everything, uh, I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, it even comes to my health. Like, it's all about the diagnosis. I will do whatever mm -hmm. it takes to heal myself. I just want to know that I have the, you know, I have the right diagnosis. And I think you yes. know, very senior advisors can help you see things and diagnose situations and come up with solutions that, you, that it would take you years and years and years to figure out on your own. Yes, that is so true. I have experienced that myself. I am watching for comments here. So as I'm looking away, I'm still paying attention, but <laughs> I've, um, I've experienced that myself. I've had phenomenal uh, advisors and mentors through throughout my path to, to in life and started with my dad. And it makes a huge difference. It, it can create inflection points. It can keep from making absolutely, hey, it looks like a safe path, but guess what? That's just actually thin ice on the frozen lake. You don't want to step there kind, kind of guidance. Mm -hmm. So I, I also wanted to ask, as I'm watching the clock, uh, you've, you've, you've got the book out. And that was one of the things I was just looking at here. So you, you've released your book. What, what are you working on now? What, what's coming next? So it's kind of funny because I was planning to do a super soft launch and just get it out to, because I interviewed quite a few amazing people mm -hmm. as advisors mm -hmm. and I reached out to some amazing people uh, to get some endorsements and some thought leaders that I've been building relationships with since I've moved down to Utah. And I've been spending some time in Silicon Valley because of the agile and everything background and, you know, my friends in Toronto and it's just taken off a life of its own. I mean, I, I still plan to play the long game. I do like two things every single day to, um, you know, to put it out there. And, um, 
you know, other than that, it, 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 like I said, it's taken on a life of its own, but it's, I love this comment. Your timing is perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. So yep. that was yeah. a reaction I had when, when I heard, you know, when, when you told me that you'd released the book, I was like, Oh, given everything that's going on right now with, yeah. you know, with the infl with inflation, with all the uncertainty. So there's some like, better. Yeah. So as a mentor and an advisor for a lot of uh, accelerators and founders and funders, you know, I'm seeing some great stuff, but, you know, it's just opened a whole new door and, um, you know, people are reaching out and there's some very, very exciting projects. They have some huge funds and, um, you know, working with the, with the investors and the, and the funders, it's like, let's you know collaborate together to make sure that you have the biggest possible exit that you can because that's when you know, the the advisors and any of the investors are only going to see their return on investment as in the exit and mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'll just kind of, I'm kind of proud. There's a, an amazing five-time big exit guy in Silicon Valley by the name of Sam, Sam Wong. And I asked him, I said, you know, I'm looking for endorsements. Will you endorse? And, you know, let, let's talk about it a bit. And he goes, here's the problem. People always put the wrong people on their board. They have no tools. They have no process. And they walk away with no plan. He read my book. He goes, oh, you have just solved every single problem that I have. Let me write the forward. So, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Holy, that is huge. If, you, if you're watching this, if you don't know Sam Wong, Google him. You look that up. That is just a massive, massive mm. acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. How can, how can uh, we get, how can we stay in touch? Is, well, is, I do think you do the, speaking the best or, thing is um, if people were interested in saying, hey, we need your help with an advisory board or with a with a fund. Yeah, well, I, my LinkedIn profile is down below. I think that's probably right. one of the best ways to start the connection. And then from there, we can uh, we can move on. But if we connect on LinkedIn, then also you'll be able to see some of the other stuff that I'm up to. I am super stoked to be heading down to Las Vegas this weekend to be part oh. of a huge event. And I'm part of what they call Angels and Sharks Live. There's going to be 12. Oh, my gosh. 15 companies going to be pitching. I'm one of the mm -hmm. judges. And then the top three get to pitch on the main stage. And, wow. um, and then I'm, I'm doing a breakout session. And this is all part of Freedom Fest. So um, if you're not aware of it, it's, uh, there's more accredited investors there than just about any other event. And it's, oh my gosh. it's not political, but it's definitely mm -hmm. people who believe in capitalism are building amazing companies and free are very, very well saying free uh, enterprises, free, exactly, right? the entrepreneur exactly. community, the entrepreneur community, but the very successful entrepreneur, you know, like right. Steve Forbes and, you know, Holy Jeff Haslett, really, Steve yeah, Forbes, Kevin ha Harrington. I mean, it's right. like the who's who yeah. of, yeah, even John Cleese is going to be there. So I'm really excited to see him. Investment <laughs> with a smile, <laughs> <laughs> with a laugh. Yeah. Was, so, yeah. and then more and more, you know, more speaking and more podcasts and, um, yeah, just more opportunities and, uh, I'm very, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this. I do think it is such a win-win-win opportunity that not enough people are taking advantage mm -hmm. of. And then the other thing is that there's more and more advest, advisors or super uber successful people that are kind of like, you know, they're 
they're not hanging up their hat, but they're like, you know, kind of retiring and they still want to stay involved. And, you know, that it's amazing for them. It's amazing for you as a business owner. And yep. like, it will like ex- not just grow your company exponentially, but it'll grow your network. And uh, like and we were saying, compress the timelines and definitely well, eliminate costly mistakes. But it's the magic when you get everybody together. Um, the ideas and the solutions would never, ever happen one-on-one. Yes. Yes. That is so true. I've experienced that again and again. Nancy, thank you so much. We, we need to we need to do this again. If nothing else, I just want to hear, you know, what, what happened at Freedom Fest, how it went being a judge. Yeah. On, uh, you know, what is Angels and Sharks? You're going to be a judge at Angels and Sharks and to hear more right. about what's happening with the rollout of the book and the work you're doing with advisory boards because it's so crucial right now. Thank you. you know, as, as you're watching this, connect with Nancy. We've been streaming the, uh, we're streaming her, her, how to connect with her on LinkedIn in the ticker, ticker tape below and start that conversation. Get a copy of the book. Mm-hmm. You know, just as a reminder, this is available what, on Amazon. It's on Amazon, but if you reach out and connect with me, then I can uh, maybe get you a signed copy because. Oh, to- yeah. So yeah. there you go. Another reason to connect on LinkedIn. Same, same price, but um, you get the signed copy. <laughs> you still get the signed copy and then you can include a, you know, include a connection, uh, a question perhaps mm-hmm. right, through the connection. And I but can't wait to you know, see you again in person. And so we can do some more things, more games and yes. more exercises, because I think, you know, we could really dive deep into the third part of the book on some of these different, like, you know, not just experiential learning, but, you know, liberating structures, innovation games, uh, creative problem solving mm-hmm. Institute, uh, management 3.0. There's just a, a variety of amazing cool things. Um, Holly McCord, thank you for being part of the conversation. Holly says, great discussion and tips. Congrats on your book, Nancy. Thank you, Holly. (laughs) Well, with that, we're up against a hard stop. I know you've got a busy schedule as well, and I promised we we would stay on track with the timing. Nancy, thank you so much for being with us. As you're watching, reach out to Nancy on LinkedIn. The information is right below. We'll put it in the show notes as well. So you can go to the uh, the comments and description for this where you're watching it and, you know, smash that like button. If you're seeing this on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you're watching, that helps us be able to reach more people and get tips like this out. And Nancy, thank you so much for thank sharing you, Jeff. Your, your incredible wisdom and the impact that advisory boards have. Yeah. And keep, keep the rubber side down. <laughs> yes, keep the rubber side down. I will see you on the trail. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>